I think that's the order you need to be in. Yeah. And, and you mentioned emotional awareness. That's a very important part of mindfulness, even by definition, is being aware of the emotional experience you're having. And, you know, I think sometimes we're kind of, we're afraid to be too emotional. Um, we get a lot of messaging that there's, yep. that there's something wrong with being very emotional. But um, I don't agree with that. I think we have emotions for a reason, and I, probably lots of reasons, actually. And I think they're great. Uh, they're an important part of our human experience. So I tell people, you know, you, you get out there and you're doing your trek of whatever type it is. Go ahead and get childish about it. You know, children don't hold back their emotions. They're excited and they're fascinated. And, you know, I think about when I was a kid playing around in streams and catching crayfish and stuff. And just everything I saw was amazing to me. Mm -hmm. And I try to be back in that mind frame of just be fascinated with everything. Be excited about it. Have fun. Um, you know. You don't need to um, don't need to worry about impressing somebody. You can just just be yourself and enjoy it and be aware of of that experience and what it's doing for you. What advice would you have for for students or teachers um, to help kind of facilitate this kind of learning? Make a point to do a backpacking trip that's more than just a day if you can. That's one thing. If you can go out for two or three days, you'll really get immersed in the experience. There's something so profoundly amazing about hiking a ways, you're tired, you set up a camp, you fall asleep in a forest, and you wake up in the morning to the sound of birds. Um, and it's not necessarily going to be comfortable. It's not necessarily going to be easy, but that's such a wonderful experience. And the other thing about being out there for two or three days is um, put your, your cell phone in airplane mode. Uh, you probably need to anyway, because if you in most trails, if you uh, hike up into anywhere there's a trail where you can hike for a few days, you're probably getting out of cell service yeah. range, and your battery's going to die if you leave it if you leave it on uh, normal mode. Put it in put it in airplane mode, so you can still use it for taking a picture here and there if you want, or checking the time or whatever it is. But let yourself be disconnected for a little bit. And at first, it might be tough, but after you do that for a while. I think you'll start to notice that you, you're you okay with not checking up the latest on social media or the text messages you might be getting can wait. But it takes a minute to sort of it detox. Takes, it, it is, I mean, yeah. I, I saw this when I went up to the North, Northwoods Field Station. We brought some students and, and whatnot, and it took probably 36 hours you know, after we lost cell reception where people started to sort of like make eye contact with each other and started like opening <laughs> up and tell stories and whatnot. But it was a quiet van ride up. Everyone was sort of, you know, absorbed in their thing. And then yeah. after a while, I was like, oh, here we are, like in the middle of a forest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and if you can't do a backpacking trip, um, you know, go camping for a few days where you can drive to. Um, just have the experience of being out there for a, a chunk of time that's more than just an afternoon walk in the park. If you can do that from time to time, you're going to enjoy it tremendously. Yeah. And it, um, you'll notice your stress level just coming way down. Mm. That, this is not just my personal experience, but there's been un numerous studies that yeah. have shown like the, um, the physiological responses that our, our minds and our bodies have to being in nature. And if you could do that for two or three days over a holiday weekend or something, you're going you're gonna to be really glad you did. That's a great way to spend a little break. And you'll... You may find yourself tired from hiking around and that sort of thing, but 
you know, you'll be truly refreshed. Yeah. Well, it's just a wonderful, I was just going to go there with the research on being in, in nature and whatnot. And it's almost a parallel. We talk, we're talking about mindfulness training and whatnot to meditation and what we've seen with research on meditation in terms of mm-hmm. uh, stress reduction and improved like social emotional intelligence and whatnot. So it's, yeah, I think that's a really cool space to, for students, but, but it does something that being in nature and going on these tracks does something that meditation doesn't do. Um, especially as a group activity, uh, it's t- it's tough to do group meditation. It's sort of by by definition a kind of introspection and whatnot. So uh, yeah, I, I think you're. I mean, what you've what you've brought over the last few weeks, I think, has been pretty powerful. I, I saw that you had answered some questions before about some of the highlights of of your experience. Yeah, um, I hope it's been powerful. It's been powerful for me. Uh, so I hope that that's been reciprocal. I hope that people that I've been able to interact with are taking something away from from what I've been sharing. Um, one comment, just back up just a moment sure. uh, from where we were. Uh, the idea of meditation, uh, I recommend do both. Uh, going out in nature, hiking somewhere, finding a quiet spot is an amazing su- su- setting to do some meditation. I do some different types of meditation when I'm out um, in nature, and I'm not by any means an expert in meditation, but it's something that I use, and um, it definitely enriches that experience. So. It, you can do both, and yeah. and I think you'll if you've uh, played around with meditation a little bit, go out to a nice quiet spot in nature. You'll find it's even even more um, even more meaningful and powerful. But anyway, I didn't want to derail too too much on that. No, not at all. That's right on the rails. Um, so uh, <laughs> so, but as far as the other experiences I've had here, um, you know, I've got to do some hikes with students and staff and even some people from the community um, and some and uh, so that's been wonderful uh, done some photography workshops a number of talks uh, met with the student senate and talked with them <clears throat> pardon me <clears throat> uh, talked with them about you know my thoughts on mindful technology and on tech and trek and how I thought I fit into that here yeah. on my visit here at Hiram and that went very well um, been working with uh, one class of students primarily, but also uh, stepped into another class and worked with them to get some some photos. Um, it's been really we're rewarding and gratifying to work with students, and you know I'm not trying to turn them into professional photographers, but if I can help them, you know, get a little bit more perspective on what makes a good photo, what captures someone's eye. Um, then they're going to be able to take better pictures themselves for their own sake. And then in the case of their uh, using media in their, in their uh, education and in their lives, um, they're going to just be able to up their game a little bit, understanding a little more about visual communication and how that can be very impactful. Um, in the case of the, um, I was working with, Professor Maybe's students on uh, her class on climate change, and they did a photo essay to try to tell a story or part of the story of climate change from their individual perspective. So, you know, they first half of the three-week term, they're very steeped in the science of climate change, and then it gets more and more into how to communicate part of this. And they put together a, a great bunch of photo essays that tell different parts of the climate change story in a very powerful way that maybe might work better than just throwing data at somebody. You know, you can 
you can tell somebody the mechanics of how a greenhouse gas holds heat and that might just you know their eyes might roll back and, oh, yeah. and that but you show them the the reality of how it affects people regular people in their lives and how it's going to affect them in the future and that could be a much more powerful message and so hopefully i was able to help them improve in their ability to communicate in that way uh, it's really really rewarding seeing them mm. learn about the science and then use photography to to communicate that uh, fantastic yeah. experience no it's a perfect example of uh 21st century skills and sort of what we're trying to push with the new liberal arts of showing interdisciplinary thinking and mm -hmm. what's required of of the urgent challenges of the day it requires people who you know have a, a particular background in, in a science uh, or something like this and also be able to communicate it and have the sort of soft skills and emotional intelligence it takes to kind of make change um yeah dr maybe is just incredible yeah i uh, really enjoyed working with her we um you know, we weren't exactly sure when we first started talking about this, how that collaboration was going to work. I don't know that there is a particular template that you can mm. go to and say, if you want to pair an ecologist and an adventure photographer together, <laughs> here's, here's what you can do. I don't, I don't know that that's a normal thing to do. But, so it was well, a bit of an experiment, but I think it went really well. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely one of, the, one of the highlights of my time here. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I'm, you know, I've been bugging you uh, about, I've been planting the seeds about <laughs> inviting you back for our Tech and Trek conference this summer. I think you'd just be great. The people who show up, the educators who show up are really into um, the, the things you talk about and the, the experiences you've had, you just speak really powerfully. So uh, we'd love to have you back this summer. Um, we'll see if that can happen. Okay. I, I, I've, uh, you know, I've got some big adventure plans, but that doesn't necessarily mean I can't things in so yeah or at some point down the road you yeah know, we'll, Hiram's would, not going anywhere yeah, so, yeah I would definitely would would love an opportunity to return here for whatever could work out um, I've had uh, just a really great time um, not only with the things I've done the activities I've been involved in but meeting the people here I, I felt very genuinely welcomed and very it just the reception has been incredibly warm and supportive um, so yeah I, I can't say enough good about my experience here. So what's next for you? I'm going to be starting some planning for Continental Divide Trail, okay. which is my next big, big hike. And that is a trail that goes from uh, New Mexico, Colorado, Wyoming, Idaho, Montana. It'll be my longest hike yet, over 3,100 miles. Whoa. And uh, so for perspective, that's about like walking from New York to San Diego. Um, so that'll be a challenge. <laughs> uh, um, so that's going to be a big part of my, of my uh, time here in the next few months. Um, and I want to continue to, to do the things that I've been able to do here at Hiram and bringing, bringing my connection with, with nature and with outdoor adventure to people yeah. in a way that hopefully inspires them to get excited uh, about having some adventures and maybe they're not going to hike a long trail but um, maybe they'll get out there a little bit more and explore some of the, the green spaces in their own area parks they haven't been to or do a backpacking trip over a long holiday weekend um, if uh, if I heard that that was the only impact was somebody said you know what I'm going to go hiking this afternoon I haven't done that in a long time then then it's all worth it if, if nothing else just seeing people get out there and reconnecting. Yeah, wonderful. I mean, that was going to be my next question. What would be your final, do you have a final message or a, or a final sort of call to action 
Yeah, um, we live in an amazingly beautiful world. Um, I use the phrase beauty is everywhere in all of this stuff. I have a Facebook page by that name, and I have, um, you know, when I put photos on social media, I tag them almost always with the phrase beauty is everywhere, and I really believe that. If we get out there and look at and explore our world a little bit, you'll find beauty everywhere. You'll find it in the, the amazing views you can have when you get to the top of a hill that you've put the effort into climbing. You'll find it in small little living things um, alongside the trail or even growing next to the sidewalk by your house. And you'll find it in people. I've had a lot of uh, stories I've shared while I've been here about amazing experiences with people that I've had along the way. Like, meeting Dr. Varlada and her husband in California. Um, and that's just one. There's been so many incredible people I've met along the way. Um, and that's all part of that beautiful experience as well. So so go out there. See the, see the beauty that's out there because there's lots of it. Wonderful. Well, thanks again for, for being with us and hope to see you again here at Hiram. Thank you. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Dan Dodge, adventurer and artist in residence at Hiram College for the fall 2018 three-week semester. For more on what's happening at Hiram College, visit hiram.edu. Shoot us a message directly at techandtrek at hiram.edu if you're interested in what's happening over in learning technologies. And thanks for tuning in.